24 Cross Media. All right, we are back. G-Mac and Winnie coming at you with another edition of <laughs> Outlaw Blitz Podcast, big fella. We already got dangerous today. Yeah, we got dangerous. And I'm definitely no John Popper with a harmonica. No. Uh, motherfucker, does my shin hurt? Yeah, we are two absolute idiots. I came up with a skit called... Holy Christ, the bruised. <laughs> bruised Traveler. <laughs> it legit bruised, bro. Sure the fuck did. Wow. Uh, yeah, two idiots. A common teaspoon and a, com- a kendo stick. A common teaspoon, my ass. All right, hold that on. weighs 13 Here we pounds. Go. Yeah. That spoon. That spoon and a kendo stick. You have to go and check us out on... Um, uh, we're going to put this one on TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Put it on TikTok. You have to look for Outlaw Blitz. When he gets smacked with the spoon while playing a harmo- while harmonica's in his mouth, it's pretty funny. Uh, I didn't know you could say motherfucker through a harmonica, you but can. you did. You can, yes. <laughs> yeah, it stings, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm liking the no-format new layout. I don't know about you. A little bit. Just go where we go. Just go where we go. Uh, yesterday, I got to see you were a little tired, uh, but another outlaw victory. Yeah, and the uh, seniors win 20, 28 zip, I think it was. 28 nothing. yep. Juniors, and the juniors, a very young junior team. Took an undefeated team to the brink. Yeah, they did. They played real well. Really well. They were uh, out, outsized. But, yeah. Uh, I think we had the edge on the speed. And, uh, yeah, that, 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 you got some special kids there. Outsized and group. out-aged. Yeah. Another year will make a big difference for those kids. Definitely. Uh, and they're only losing one. There's only one nine-year-old on the team. Oh, wow. That's yeah, good. So that's really good. That is. Um, <clears throat> beautiful. Beautiful day yesterday for football. Yeah, t- typical. Not a good day to do anything else. It was overcast and breezy and cool, but beautiful That's football day. That's what made it, the, yeah, my favorite <laughs> kind of fall football day. Yeah, pretty awesome day. And uh, when we all st- bidded farewell at the end of the day, I went to Dude Perfect last night. Yeah, and I, I saw some pictures. I was curious as to how accurate they are going to be oh, with, dude. like, one-shot takes. Money. Like, they did uh, their knockout rounds, mm-hmm. and it would be like you had to sink a, a long three-point, you know, like a long basketball shot from, like, uh, the middle of the, you know, almost like a, like a half-court shot. Yeah. Within two or three, they all sank it. Then they had to ride, like, a adult big wheel around, get back on, and then it had, like, a Nerf football with a, uh, with a point on it that they had to pop a balloon and boom, 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 like nothing. All, huh. all four of them, or all five of them made it. Damn. Just timing was a little bit. Did they have anything that went like across the arena or? Yeah. So the main, the main event, uh, no, the semifinal to get to the final, you had to do something similar to that. I think you started on the, the tricycle or big wheel. Okay. You came around, then you had to throw a blitz ball, which they had a strike zone hanging from the ceiling, like three quarters of the way down the arena. And they had to throw the blitz ball through a strike zone. Basically, yeah. a legit strike zone, too. And then <clears throat> they had to do... Then they, Well, yeah, and then at the end, they had to shoot a archery. They had to shoot a gong the length of the stadium. Blitz balls... They move. ...are super hard to throw. And they all threw strikes. In the aspect of the harder you throw them, the worse it is for you yeah. when you're trying to throw it a distance. You yep, have to yep. kind of like... It's, it's more touch than anything to get it to go a distance because you throw it hard... They start to break. Yeah. Yep. I watch a ton of uh, blitz ball videos on YouTube. Dude, these guys are throwing gas, and the ball is breaking f- five feet. Like, how oh, do you, yeah. How do you hit that? <clears throat> and they have blitz ball leagues. They do. Which are crazy. But the thing I think is awesome about those, when you connect with them, man, they go. <laughs> Listen, to see a blitz ball go 200 feet, 200 feet may not sound like a lot, but that's like. You know, halfway through a major league outfield. Yeah, but it's it's out but of it, a little league baseball field. Yeah, with a wiffle ball. With a wiffle ball, essentially. Yeah, it's a yeah. plastic ball. Those things do take off. Yeah, yeah. So overall, uh, dude, perfect 
fucking great show. Absolutely great show. A lot of fun. They did uh, Cool Not Cool, which was one of their segments. They yep. did Wheel Unfortunate, which was a cool segment. The kid missed by half an inch of a $400 bag of money. No shit. Yeah. Instead, he got uh, bobbin for apples in jalapeno baked beans. Uh, I'd do that. <laughs> he was like, they're like, you're going to do it? And then a kid had a ketchup popsicle. Oh, he's like, I don't like popsicles. Bad. He goes, I, I, the ketchup's not bad. They go, well, you can trade it for uh, cricket. You got to eat a cricket. And he's like, yep, I'll do that. And they're like, what? He goes, I don't like popsicles. I'll do the cricket. And then they go, what are you saying about the Because the guy was supposed to do it with him. I'm with the kid. Ned Forrester. The guy, you know, he has big glass on. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Ned Forrester. I'm going to help you. He goes, I'll do it with you. And then he throws it over his shoulder. The kids eat it. And he goes, I'll just, we got anything to tell the crowd? He goes, it's really not as bad as you thought it was. <laughs> I would do the cricket over the yeah. ketchup popsicle. That just sounds not good. Again, this was a present for my son two years ago. And because of COVID, the way it ran, yeah. you know what I mean? I said, it would have been the coolest present two years ago. At first, you know, typical younger teenager, he's kind of like, and then by the end, he's like, yeah. That was awesome. It is cool. It, it is. was cool. It's like it's like a boys' version of like Disney on Ice. You know what I mean? What do we have besides monster trucks for boys? You know yeah, what I mean? Wrestling and yeah, and that. but I mean like that kind of stuff. If yeah. you're going for like a kids, and they do stuff on Nickelodeon, Yo, and they're you. great on YouTube, but they give back, which is so, great. So you bought it when you when you got the tickets. He was what turning eleven. Either turning 11 or just turned 11 kind of thing. Thank God it wasn't like he was eight and it was like Peppa Pig or some shit. Yeah, and no, I know that would be terrible, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't care. Get in the car. I bought these things. We're going. Yeah, and that's what they said. They're like, man, thank you. You waited two years for, you know, this. You've seen some pretty unique acts with the kids over time. You saw Blue Man Group. Yeah, yeah. I saw You've Blue Man Dude Group. Perfect. Dude Perfect. Been to Monster Trucks a bunch of times. Um. Yeah, just different stuff, and and that's what I like. I, I've seen Rock of Ages, like yeah. as a play. You, you know, I like that that a little bit different stuff. That mainstream, all that same shit all the time. I'm yeah. not I'm not really big. And that show was like an hour and a half with a ten minute intermission, so it was like forty five minutes, forty five minutes. Not bad. What I thought was awesome was um. <clears throat> Damn, so you're probably home by eight eight thirty. Yeah, it, I spent the last forty five. Like I would have probably I been home. Yeah, I was home by yeah about eight fifteen. I would have been home sooner if I parked better. Yeah. Uh, I was 45 minutes in a parking garage waiting to get out. Uh, yeah. Because I was all the way at the top by the time I got there. That's just it. What was cool is all the t-shirt lines were all backed up. They came up with a, a QR code on the screens on the side of the stage. Mm-hmm. They're like, if you want to buy something, order right from your seat and pick up. So I'm like, well, we'll I'll order from the seat. So I, I let him pick out what he wanted. He ordered it. And the guy next to me is like, yeah, he goes, it works. He goes, they have a booth like right behind the stage, basically. Just go and pick it up. 10-minute intermission. I went up. Not one line. Walked up. Showed him my receipt thing on my phone. They handed it right to me. Perfect. Why Why the everybody else was online 30, 40, 50 deep. Screw that shit. Yeah. I'm like, pretty soon you're going to say they're going to start bringing it right to you like DoorDash. Yeah, no shit. Yep. Where's your seats? I'll drop them right off to yeah. you. So yeah, that was a really cool father son night just to get out and kind of kind of get it done. Good stuff. Yeah. So um, then we of course heard a lot of crickets on Facebook last night. That's because the Giants lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and if they won, it wouldn't matter if they were fifteen and zero and the Cowboys were zero and fifteen. It would be flooded, not everywhere with. Giants fans. That's correct. Because when they win, that's why they're the most annoying fans in all of sports. They don't shut the fuck up. No. And, and then when they lose, cricket, cricket. Hold on. I man. almost think I hear one. Yeah. It might not come through on the on the podcast, but it's come through in our headphones. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking that they have the most injury-prone Number one overall pick. Personally, was I... Was he one overall? Did they pick get, get him one, or he was just their first-round pick? He was their first-round pick. Personally, I think what you're going to see with him is I think you're going to see them not renew his contract. And he's going to go somewhere AFC North, I would imagine, and be, and be fine. be a stud. And be a stud. <laughs> yeah. You know? AFC North and be a stud. I, I can't see the Giants... Rightfully so, I can't see the Giants re-signing him. You saw how he got hurt, right? 
I did not. I was at the show. When oh, okay. He yeah. stepped on the foot. Of somebody else? Of somebody else. And when they showed him on the sideline, it looked disgusting. Like it you blew right. I saw a picture of oh, his ankle. Oh, a freaking softball on the side of his, on the side yeah. of his ankle. It was, it was That's a high bad. ankle sprain. That's probably worse than if he would have done something to if it. If he had just broken it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. NFL, a lot of parity right now. A lot of parity. Yeah. Okay, who who would have thought Casey's one and three? Or two and three? Two and three. Two and three? Okay. Yeah. But then they beat a team that you don't think they're going to beat, and then they get blown. I mean, last night was a drubbing by All the I'm Bills. saying is the Jets are only back one game back of the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. So. Who would have thought that? Yeah, and Baker played outstanding yesterday. Barn burner of a game. They lost 47-42. Uh, at the buzzer, right, or something? Yeah. Something real late? Late, late yeah, he, he's got a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. And the week before, he just wasn't very accurate. Right. Uh, it was like 21 to 30 yesterday for three and change. OBJ, non-existent, two catches. Like Donovan Peoples-Jones had seven and a touchdown. That team may OBJ be, is going to be Percy Harvin. That team is better. With him, it's going to be better with... Uh, addition by subtraction. Yeah. Get rid of him for something else that you need. Well, that's what the Giants did, and then yeah, it was it made a better locker room or whatever. Sure, you know, um, uh, yeah, the NFL is the NFL. Uh, college football, yeah, we got some upsets. Texas yeah, A and M, Texas A and M had a good day. Yeah. Texas had a bad day. They had a twenty-eight point lead and blew it. How that coach still has a job today is beyond me. The Big 12, yeah, that's not much longer, I don't think. think The Big 12 in general does not tackle. They do not tackle. When you're getting 52-45 for scores, what fucking defense are you playing? Uh, Prevent. Yeah. Prevent you from winning defense. And Penn State lost a nail-biter to Iowa, but their starting quarterback got knocked out of half. Yep. You're going to see some teams in the top 10 this year that haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, and Georgia, which, which is, is the new number one, is really good. I, does Georgia pass the eye test? I don't know. I don't know. I do like when I see teams that aren't perennial powerhouses do well because kids that are now being recruited have a lot more choices. Yeah. If you're then, a kid and you're dying to play at Michigan, and Michigan's a top five team every year, the chances of getting recruited by that team – it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder than if you're going to go to like an Iowa, who isn't traditionally a football powerhouse. But guess what? Right. They're up and coming. Yeah, but then you got the NIL rules now, so they can license. Yes. You know, so and it's a lot easier to it's a lot easier to transfer. And now. this is only year one of the NIL. Yeah. By year three, you're going to have people who can't afford a college. I mean, a NFL team basically saying, "Yeah, come play for my college team." No, if crazy. if I if I was a billionaire and I was going to do that, I would make Marist like a national powerhouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I would go to a a big, like a small school and yeah, say, "I'm going to turn your program into a powerhouse." That'd be fun. Just just to prove a point. Who's the uh, Who's the QB one kid? Radler. Oh, uh, he got benched. He did. He got benched halfway through the second quarter. They benched him and came back and won. Yo, his attitude is Sucks. fucking terrible. And guess, well, it's funny because I tweeted out right at the end of the game, Spencer Rattler has entered the transfer portal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because. To Marist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, I, I've said this for years. I don't like the kid. Yeah. His, his attitude, attitude is shit. shit. Uh, and shown, he's very, he's very uh, cocky, conceited. They've shown videos of him in practice, like absolutely screaming at and dressing down teammates. Like, who the fuck are you, bro? Yeah. You're not even that good, bro. You're not. Like. He does make some plays where you're like, ooh, but so did Jeff George in his day day. There's a kid that I saw, um, I think Liberty College. I don't know. Uh, he's a quarterback. I'll have to get the name for next week. Looks, He is a fast-rising, top first-round prospect quarterback. This kid has legs and a cannon for an arm. Really? Yeah, he's a lesser-known school, but you get a really ch- you get a big chance to shine at a school like that. Josh Allen, Montana, yeah, or Wyoming, Wyoming. Even go back, Joe Flacco, Delaware. Not, yeah, not power, not traditional football schools, but hey. Well, even um, even um, Rogers, yeah. Cal, right, Cal Bears, Danny Dimes. Yeah, I mean it's it. Big Ben, Big Ben didn't go to a big school. No, that's right, he did not. You know, so 
that's the thing is because these guys, uh, Tony Romo, Eastern Illinois. I was going to say, where did he even go? Right, <laughs> and I went undrafted in the NFL, and then people, I, that's why I love when people shit on the guy. Yeah. Undrafted and has more comebacks in NFL history than, you know, Th- fourth quarter Think comeback. about that. Two of the best clutch quarterbacks in our generation were undrafted professionals, Tony Romo and Kurt Warner. Yeah. So, yeah. shit can happen. And and the best ever was a six-round pick. Uh, the 199 or something. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, you you kind of wear that chip on your shoulder. I So, somebody mentioned this to me the other day. They go, man, that would be a good show for you guys to do. Over the past 30 years, have Heisman winners been more uh, stars or busts? And I say bust. I say bust as well. I you know, really like do. you start really looking back at him, you're like, Cam Newton was not a bust. I don't believe. Like, no, he got to a Super Bowl, he was did. an MVP, and, and he was an MVP. Tim and... Tebow was not a bust. He won a playoff game, and then the coach changed. And the only thing that took Tebow out of Denver was Peyton Manning. People tend to forget that. Well, uh, I'll back that up a step. John Elway, but 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 because of Peyton Manning, because yes. of Peyton Manning, yeah, he was winning. He won a playoff game. On the road. On the road. Against the Steelers. Career record as a starter, 10, 11, and 6. Right. I don't think you ever got the long-term look at him. Yeah. But to say he's a bust, I don't feel he was a bust. You have to be given a fair chance to succeed, and he wasn't. Right. Ryan Leaf, bust. But he wasn't He wasn't the... Two or three-year drink. Was yeah, he? Two or was three he no, but was he a Heisman winner? Uh, no, he was just picked ahead of Peyton. I yeah. don't believe he was Heisman. Vince Young, I don't think he was necessarily a bust. I don't either. No, like he, his he was, career record as a starter was very good. Yeah. Um, that's just the quarterbacks. You know, it, it's just when you really look back, you're kind of like, hmm. Yeah, you look at like the Tyrone Wheatleys and uh, Ron Dane. Yeah, who was the other guy? Um, fuck, he was a quarterback for like Miami. Gino Toretta. Gino Toretta. Yeah. Garbage, you know, yeah, bust Charlie Ward, yeah, but he played basketball exactly, you know, he was <laughs> so a, it's a complete bust, really. Yeah, that, but he was great in the other, he was great in the other league, yeah, you know, it, and again, the Heisman's the flashier thing, but the real true college player of the year is the Maxwell Award, yeah, yeah, which, which we talked Ed about, Marinaro. yeah, and he won it, Tommy Frazier, yeah, from Nebraska, went oh, to went to Canada and had a great career, yeah, but was never drafted in the NFL. And, and there's the other thing. There's some players that weren't good college players that are great NFL players. Correct. It, it, it's weird how a certain skill set combined with someone's maturity. Well, because like Lawrence Taylor wasn't, I don't think he was like a fucking stud in college, but he's he was a stud in the NFL. The, well, cocaine's a me, hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the best ever still at his position. Tough to argue. Uh and he was undersized. Undersized, but he he revolutionized the defense. He made, yeah. you saw it at the beginning of the blind side, if you haven't seen the movie ever, he made the left tackle position the most one important. of the most important ever to be drafted. So Or right tackle if you're a left-handed quarterback. Yep. Yeah, so that's kind of football. There was a lot of upsets, a lot of good scores, a lot of... It's kind of, that's what we do. That's our weekend. Right? Yeah, a lot of football left to be played, though. So. Yeah, tons. Um, what else is going on? Anything? Uh, NBA preseason. I don't want to talk about sports. Anymore. I just want to talk about one, one weird what? thing. Kyrie Irving is a fucking strange cat, man. He's a weirdo. I think he gets more out of being Maybe a he's Kanye's weirdo. brother. He, uh, Kyrie, Kanye, uh, who the yeah. hell knows? This dude is literally going to be out of the NBA because of COVID. And not because he contracted it. Because he won't get a because he won't get right? vaccinated because New York New York requires to any pro, any pro athlete to be practicing. Yeah, but here's the shot. bullshit part of that: if you play for the Cleveland Cavaliers, you can come from Ohio and play in New York unvaccinated, but he can't play here. That is strange. That's, that, that's that really is that strange. is really fucked up. But he's an odd. You know, he started it years ago with the flat Earth shit. And yeah. he's always just coming from left field with some weird shit. Yeah, listen, he's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. People are, everybody thinks because you're famous, you're normal. Now, a lot of fucking famous people or are way weird. weird. Way, way weird. weird. Yeah. Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so lately it's it's kind of ties into our rabbit hole stuff and things. I watched a TikTok of and I, I kind of briefly mentioned this to you yesterday. I said I got to talk to you on the air about this. Yeah. Um. I never knew these people existed. Chiropractors for racehorses. Yeah. What the fuck. I watched about 45 minutes of these videos, bro. Oh, it was crazy. Well, what were we doing yesterday? Like, yeah, well, there's three minutes. I'm never getting back. I'm going to watch the guy wash his car now. Yeah, wash his car. The entire the interior for his dad's truck. He redid, took the seats out and all that. Oh, my God. But this, if you get on TikTok, and I couldn't tell you the name of just look up like. Horse chiropractor. Race. Yeah, race horse chiropractor. Sport horse chiropractor. The horse wasn't turning. And he like, to their to their wrist. You know, he's like, it's a wrist. It's not, an, you know, they're down by their hooves. It's a wrist. Yeah. He'll take it. And he gets their shoulders all loose. But the one with the neck was the funniest shit I saw. He's like, got the horse, like, kind of under the chin and over the head. Yeah. And he's pressing on him. The horse is kind of, like, looking at him like, what the fuck you doing, man? And he's leaning back, leaning back, and all of a sudden you hear. And the horse kind of, like, steps back, looks at him, steps back, like, uh... And he kind of like he kind of looks at him again, and then bows his head like, "Fuck, man, that's amazing. I feel amazing." That's, that's funny. It was hilarious. Dude. Seeing the horse emote as he's doing it. Yeah, I I must have watched literally forty five minutes of these things. That's funny. And then the other thing I meant to tell you, it's these thing called uh, cart cross. I heard you telling Adam for a second, and they look like life size RC cars, but like that people drive. Yeah. And they got 600cc motorcycle motors in them that turn 16,000 RPMs. Jesus. They're like, <laughs> and the ones, so at first they were just starting on like trail rides, right? Yeah. And, you know, they got the long suspension with the shocks that are long. Yeah, and yeah. It literally looks like an RC car. Yeah. But then I saw them racing on concrete in like Rome, up through the fucking streets, go around a barrel, come back. And then they had other tracks and we're that talking were talking Rome, Italy, yes, not Rome, yeah. New York. Not, not Rome, New York. Okay. This is all like European thing. Okay. Like enough that I want to go over there and wa- if they had it on ESPN, I'd a watch race. it on weekends. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw one that was like a a by uh, a a by surface. It now was you must some sit. dirt and some asphalt. You must be inches off the ground in this thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, these things are awesome and fast. And when they wreck. Holy shit, do they wreck. Oh, that's going to be like a fucking yard sale. So, <laughs> yeah. so we saw one. It comes down the thing, and it like barrel rolls, and it lands back on its wheels. And I'm like, I'm like, cool. Hey, he landed on his wheels. Well, the guy must have been knocked out because the car oh. kind of went, Doosh, and then all of a sudden you just see it go. Drift. Rain and go over a berm <laughs> into trees. <laughs> it just air mails into these. And I'm talking like the Dude. top of trees, like, ring. <laughs> he was out with his foot on the gas. Yeah. But uh, if you look them up, and we'll look them up after the show, and I'll show you, they do in-car camera on these things. These fuckers wail. And, you know, for people, just so you got some reference point, your normal vehicle in your car, yeah, is a high amount of RPMs. Oh, sure. sure NASCAR is. motors are like 9,800, 9,800 RPMs. 16,000. It must sound like the thing is on the brink of blowing up. I said, if I was in, if I was the head of the defense department, I'd 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 order like fucking fifty of these things, and we're going to war, and you just hear, Wee! and then this thing comes flying at you with guns shooting. <laughs> what are you shit. doing? <laughs> you know, that's some GI Joe type shit. Right yeah, there. oh, it's it, they were sick, man. That's they were funny. sick. What you been watching on? I want to see this. I want to see the dude launch into fucking trees. I'll show you. I'll show you. What, what have you been watching? Anything? Oh, God, my steady rotation of Joe Does Stuff, which is my buddy Joe Guerrero from the After Prison Show. He's now not doing so much on the on the APS channel, uh, but he's been buying and flipping houses, and, and him and a buddy of his are doing all the renovations. Sounds like a good podcast guest. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. He's a busy dude. I'm trying. Uh, watching him, he's pretty much, he put, him and his wife put, their liquid savings into this to buy the house. They bought the house for a little under 200000 And 
They're going to list it at, I think, about 265 when he's all done. But he's going, I mean, you're watching literally from, I mean, this place was a shithole when he bought it. And he's got, he's he's figured four more weeks and he'll be ready to ready to throw on oh, the good. market. Good. Uh, so that, a lot of uh, uh, lightsaber videos. There was actually uh, a guy, a couple of like fucking techie scientist guys that made a real working lightsaber. A real working lightsaber out of uh, propane. Yeah, was I think it was propane. Yeah, it was high, like high pressure gas propane, to where they have the fucking saber hilt. Um, the hose is hooked up to the bottom. They got to wear a backpack with it, and boom, click it on, and zzz, it comes out. They were cutting through fucking steel doors. They oh. were through everything with the shit. It was pretty until cool. you make a mistake and hit your friend with yeah. it, fucking See, around. Oh fuck! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <Luke>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're cauterizing that shit closed yeah, as you cut it too. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. Uh, what else? What else? I'm trying to think. New, new oh, you shit. were telling me yesterday about something they throw under a car. Oh, with the car, with the car cleaning stuff. I'm telling you, this thing is fucking sweet, and you can buy it. Essentially, it's a, a thinner piece of PVC where there's a bunch of holes drilled all through one side of it, and there's a hose hooked up to it, and like it's like um, almost like little tiny carriage tires hooked, and you roll it under the car as you got the hose running through it, and it totally washes the undercarriage of your car. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's like this, this is pretty ingenious. This right is here. the shit that you end up watching like for hours. Yep. Like I watched cleaning rugs for hours. Oh, dude, if like if you had a Jeep and you were going off roading, yeah, that, that thing is mandatory. Yeah, to have because it, you're like, holy fuck, this water is just black coming off of it for 15 minutes. Like, what, how much dirt can be under there? But tons, tons, tons. Uh, the no. guys at breakfast this morning asked me a lot me, of soprano shit. Yeah, of course did. Soprano set a record. The movie led to the show setting a record on uh, HBO Max. Like yep. some kind of crazy record because all these kids that have never seen The Sopranos, they were too young, watched the movie and went right into the show. Michael Imperioli's got a podcast. That Him is, and uh, Bobby Bacala. That's all Sopranos. They, they, yeah. they pretty much do an episode-by-episode episode dissection. Michael Imperioli and I can't remember the guy's name, but Bobby. Yeah. They said that... They remember um, get James, Jimmy. They called him. He was going to beat the shit out of Harvey Weinstein because he knew because he knew he was a scumbag. Really? He goes, goes that motherfucker. I'm going to kick his fucking ass. He 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 ever touches you know like he knew yeah. something was going on and he was going to beat him up and people had to talk him out of it. Yeah, I, I saw a funny a funny. It was a top ten of the worst Soprano characters. Yeah, number one. And it didn't go by like they were pointless in the show. It was like they were just miserable fucking people. Number one, who's your guess? Miserable people? Yeah. The mother. Yes, that was number yeah. one, Libby Soprano. Yeah, she was just fucking awful the entire show. Yep. Uh, Ralphie was on it, made the list. Um, Ralphie wasn't, he was a dick, he but was he, a, was, he was He was like upbeat and happy. and He was just a cocky dick. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of why he made it. Johnny Sack made it. Phil Leotardo made it. Uh, funny, funny fucking scenes that I forget about. Tony ends up getting, ends up having Phil whacked at one point, and he had to get permission for it, so they had a big sit down. And but before that, what led up to it is he met with Tony, met with him because uh, Phil had beat somebody up, put him in the hospital, and it was money that was supposed to be Tony's, and Phil's kind of infringing upon it. And he says, Tony's like something to the fact of, you know. Phil, sometimes you just got to make do. He goes, well, when I was in prison, I wandered man to go, but I had grilled cheese that I cooked on the, uh, that I cooked on the radiator. Uh, radiator. So I made do. Because I want to have sex with a woman, but I jacked off into a tissue. So I made do. It's like, and that was the end of the meeting. You could see Tony was fucking seething. And then I think the next episode is when he got it. I think, I think the hardest I ever laughed in Sopranos was when, Chris and Paulie chase the guy. Through oh, the, the, the Pine Barrens was a great episode. But when they're in the van Eating and they the get the relish, mix the ketchup with the relish. relish. It's good. Paulie and his was, hair's all fucked up. He was such an underrated comedy character. Didn't he shoot show. his shoes because they fell off or something? Yeah. Something happened to his shoes. They were the, fucking, so the white off. loafers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was such an underrated character. But, he you know, come, come to think of it, Paulie is what put who ratted Tony out to get killed. Yeah. Paulie ends up being the biggest scumbag of them all. Yeah, even more so than Puss. Right, because he was always kind of trading off to New York. Paulie's loyalty 
always wavered. It was to Paulie. It wasn't yeah. to Tony. It wasn't no, to anybody else. It wasn't else. to the family. It was to Paulie. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's not and that's not a good No, not in that. Yeah, so if you're starting a mob right now, or if you're the mob and you listen to this, yep. the guy that's out for himself, that's the fucking guy you take out on the boat ride next. And the most <laughs> loyal guy he had was Silvio. Sil. Yep. Forever. Yeah, forever Sil. Yep. And Sil, what I liked about Sil is Uncle that, June was always a cunt. He was a cunt. Oh, yeah, your sister's cunt when he fell <laughs> yeah. on the church steps. But then he had Dickie Maltesani murdered because he laughed at him. Yeah. Or he made the joke about him. And hated Christopher oh. forever afterwards. Yeah. Yep. He always had it in for Christopher. Yep. And Tony always took after Christopher. Took yeah. forward Christopher. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it was a lot of that. My sister ended up loving the movie. Yeah. She, her and my mom went and she immediately texted me because she listened to last week's episode. She's yep. like, oh my God, I loved it. She goes, you're right. It sets up the future it of does. what's coming. It totally does. What else is coming out that you want to see? Uh, Maverick. I'm going, oh, today though. Today, later this afternoon, I'm going yep. to see uh, the latest James Bond. No Time to Die. Yeah. Yeah, so that I'm very interested what's, in. What's funny is Max working at the theater now. I was talking to him yesterday. He says it's odd because most of the people that are coming in to see this new Bond movie are between like 45 and 60. Well, yeah. These kids don't know what Bond really and is. That, and I think that's what it is. It's It's been around for so long. Yeah. I think what you're going to see is because this is, this is Daniel Craig's last movie. Maybe this should be it. No, no. No, 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 no. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a young Bond. Uh, like, like start it all over. Yeah, like, know who would be good? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. English guy, good looking, dark hair, young, Daniel Radcliffe. Does he still look goobery? Well, no. I mean, he's a... You know, he he doesn't need glasses. He was Harry Potter. He doesn't yeah, need no, glasses. I just haven't seen him in so long. Either sure him or like. Matthew Lewis, the kid that played Neville Longbottom, who's handsome and good yeah. shape now. Yeah. You need a young, relatable kid to bring Bond back. You do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you do. A young, relatable kid and start, maybe do like a prequel. Like what made him become want to be Bond. That's a good idea. You know, made him want to be 007. That's a real good idea. You know, so... I, I was a big Bond guy. I liked Roger Moore. Sean Connery was good, but Pierce Brosnan never. He just never really. He was like, eh. He looked like a guy you'd slap around. You're Bond. I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. I keep thinking of him on it on his TV show, whatever the fuck that was. Pierce Can't Brosnan had a TV show. Oh, for years. Uh, Rem, was it Remington Steel? No, I don't know, dude. Yeah, he, he was a big guy. TV guy. The one that. Uh, People always forget that it was to me it was an underrated Bond. Oh shit! Let me get the list because I'm I keep wanting to say one name, but I know it's not that. Uh, let's see who played Bond. Um, who else is in this movie in this version or in this the one that you're going to see? Who were like the big co-stars? Oh, I'm, I'm not even sure, dude. Uh, Connery is my favorite. By far, Timothy Dalton to me yes. was an un was a was a good Bond, a very unheralded. Yeah, he uh, was one of who played well. Bond. That that's what's funny is uh, during our com- breakfast today with the the dudes I go to breakfast with, they were having conversations. And I'm like, oh, Bond, and they're like, yeah, well, the four guys that played Bond. I'm like, dude, like six or eight played Bond. Yeah, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you forget Timothy Dalton played him, yeah. Pierce Brosnan, Sean Connery, Daniel Craig. Um, there's another one in there. I mean, there's there's more, or oh, a lot more in there, but the point being... When you think of Bond, who do you think of as James Bond? To me, it's always going to be Connery, I think. Uh, for me, the first time's around, Roger Moore. Yeah? Yeah. Um, But I, I like this guy the best. I like Daniel Craig the best. Tom, uh, for this, I mean, the Bond is cool in general. To me, the cool, Sean Connery has a cool factor that never goes away. In every role that he's played. Yeah. Well, Sean Connery is Sean Connery, right? Yep. Um, he he could read the fucking alphabet to you and he'd be like I'll be on yeah. yeah. Like him and uh him and James Earl Jones. So there's a big conspiracy voice. theory going on out there right now that the rock, the movie The Rock, uh huh, is literally Sean Connery's last bond. He was caught and put in prison. And then he escapes prison. The Rock. Really? Yeah. 
Like it was meant to be a Bond movie? It was meant to be like, ultimately like, because, you know, James Bond, they always say, if you're caught, we can't, you know, we know nothing of you. Correct. Right? So he was caught, he was captured. Now you're on your own. And now you're on your own, and then The Rock ended up being him. Which was a great movie. It was a, re- a very underappreciated movie. Yes, the awesome Rock. movie. Yeah. And uh, the bad guy in that was, um, oh, he's a dick. He's always a dick. That's going to lead into, Go ahead. we don't have to make it the official segment for the week, unless you want to hit the, hit the button and make it. I don't even know what segment you're talking Top about. Top five movie here, or movie villains. Villains? Yeah, I thought some of that. I uh, put some. I, I have a feeling that, like, our number one might be the same person for once. I don't, probably not. Uh, don't be so sure. Well, um, just just real scumbags and movies and shows and stuff like that throughout time. Yeah, or, like, okay, so my number... I'll leave my number one for obviously for last. Uh, I'll say a, a rough top five. Um, was oh, I had his name and uh, now I'm forgetting it. Jesus Christ, Die Hard. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber, Alan yeah. Rickman's character. Uh, was mine was this. Mine was the third Die Hard. The brother when they were that like baited him. Yes. That yep. to me, and he and he put kids in jeopardy and the whole deal. Yep. He would be one. Um, Victor Maitland. Victor Maitland's very good. Victor Maitland is very good. That's a that's a very good villain for movies. That uh, that would be probably like my five and my four. Yeah, my top three. Uh, I would be probably. Nah, he's going to be my two. Who's my three? Top three. Number three would be... It's got to be somebody that's a, a long-term lasting villain. See, it's tough because some people that are cast more as like... I don't want to say anti-heroes more than villains. Um, and my, my example to that would be Saw. Jigsaw. Yeah. Yes, he did some heinous shit, but it was always to people who were fucking heinous themselves. Yeah, or did something that they never that they they were never punished for. for. He, yeah. of course, took it to a whole other level. Yeah, uh, horror movie characters do they really count? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, uh, it's it's more of like the psychological, like bad guy that that I yeah. think makes that. Uh, I'll just my my top two. Darth Vader is my number two. Yeah, uh, close number two would probably have been Emperor Palpatine, because well, he pulled the strings for a long period of yeah. time. That'd be my number three, Palpatine, because yeah. he played he he was a conniving, sneaky sneak fuck that long played everybody right yeah, to oh what yeah. he he got what he wanted, which is kind of like the worst of the worst. Yeah, my number one though is Lord Voldemort. Mine's not. Really? He's number two for me. Okay. The all-time biggest villain, and if you you know I've read them books to my kids and yeah, the oh, movies yeah. and whatnot, and your ex-wife was a big fan. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you text ever text her or not, but if you asked her who she'd pick between my two, yeah. Dolores Umbridge was a way bigger villain than any of them. Oh, she, was a, she was a fucking... The problem was is you put your face out there like you were something. In yeah. the meantime, you were... She was worse than he was. Like, behind the ministry's back, she sent the Dementors after Harry Potter and tried yeah. to get him expelled from school. You know, she had him writing with his own blood. She was more of a... F- Sadistic. But a true physical evil. presence. Right. A lot, had to, a lot had to happen to bring Voldemort into form. Right, while you have she, right. While she was in there. one one movie, one book, one whatever. However, you you know absorb that. Yeah, she was worse than Voldemort's entire. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I think maybe Voldemort's reign, terror reign, affected more people, but her disdain for Harry Potter was like none other. Yeah, so like I, I get that. That's probably the most hated. 
person I've had in like a book or a movie or anything like no, that. No, what's funny is like you look at her, so there's a face now forever attached to Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. So if you meet that, if you ever met that person, you're like, I fucking hate you. Well, it's that like, lady, that lady goes. says a lot of kids are like really mean when she says meets them. I could, I could see it. And she's like, you know, that's I'm just playing a person. I'm just playing I'm a character. Yeah, yeah, you know, that that's what's fucked up. Is like, think about these people that are on like, um, you know, CSI or something, and they play a rapo. Yeah. And then you see him in the street, and you're like, that fucking guy, sick fuck. Well, one of my know? one of my favorite actors of all time is Tim Curry. I love Tim Curry. I don't even know who that is. He played Rooster in Annie. Sure. Do you remember the first Annie? No. All right, go back and watch it. He's a really he's a British guy, very yep. good actor, but he played one of the sickest, sickest characters on. Uh, was it SVU? It Tim Curry, been, you said. Yeah, it had to have been SVU. Is either SVU? Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, his character was like beyond uh, any kind of redemption. He was, he was. Wasn't he in the movie Clue? Uh yeah, probably. I think so. But he was, um, his character on TV. You were like, oh my god, what a disgusting human being, and like that, that like you said, you meet the guy, and that's the one thing you re- you remember him the most for, and it's like, oh my god, yo, being typecast. That's something. That's definitely something. Like Mark Hamill. I don't know how, however many other things he's done in his life. He'll always be Luke Skywalker. Right. Well, and that, yeah, and, because and maybe, of how big of a role that and is. And I'm assuming Daniel Radcliffe has the same issue. Well, right. He's taken on where he, he, was, he played a blind guy. It was him and a horse on stage called Equus where he was naked. Naked, yeah, I remember and everybody that. was like, it's the greatest play ever. But it's Harry Potter. You're right. So can he break that to be Bond? I don't know. Yeah. Has, has it been done before? Have people been able to break their typecast and redo something else? It's weird because how many how many Mission Impossibles have there been now? And Tom Cruise. Is, well, Tom Cruise is a hundred things. That's the thing. You know, he's had so many iconic roles. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Oh, well, here's one for you. Dustin Hoffman's always Rain Man. Yeah. It's just how it is. I think... DiCaprio doesn't... But they also didn't... I can't say that about DiCaprio. DiCaprio came in as Gilbert Grape, which in Gilbert Grape, even earlier, but I'm saying in Gilbert Grape, he was like a special needs kid. Yeah. Titanic, he was a stud. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a way different look at a kid that aged. Listen, well, Al Pacino... One of the most iconic movie roles of all time. As but you always think of him as a gangster, even like in any given Sunday, he's got the black leather jacket on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, he's, he's the still, Italian guy, but he still pulls off. It comes off as gangsterish. Yeah, but you got to think he's been okay. A- De Niro, De Niro, when he started doing Meet the Fockers and stuff, then he broke it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Pacino, you got to remember he played uh, King Arthur. Yeah, and it was very very good. Um, but yeah, Michael, if Rocky. Sylvester Stallone, iconic, but he's also got John Rambo. Yeah, which is just Rocky, mad, long hair. <laughs> uh, how about Stifler? He'll always be Stifler. Uh, no, right, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's certain roles just define you. you yeah, know? it's true. It's true. And he's been in a ton of shit, and he's funny. Always funny. Yeah. But he's always Stifler first. Right. Yeah. yeah. McLovin. I don't know what else he's been. He's been in a couple other things. But, but he's McLovin. He's McLovin. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you get that iconic role that transcends, like, generations. Yeah, absolutely. That everybody remembers. Yeah, absolutely. Like, now you led one before, Tom Cruise, my first, I, I guess I remember Risky Business, but my first real recollection of Tom Cruise's as Maverick. My first one is Outsiders. Yeah, I didn't wa- I hadn't seen that movie until about three years ago. Really? Yeah. So on the drive-in. Well, and I remember that and um, all the right moves. Yeah. You know, like he was, and then he had Cocktail. Then, yeah. you know, then oh, Top Gun. Oh, he had Gun. a stretch. Yeah, it was like, that was the start of the stretch. Like Cocktail, Top Gun, boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden he was a man. Now, if I say Tom Hanks, <sighs> do you automatically think Forrest Gump? No, I really, anymore, I thought, first one that came to my mind was either Big or Saving Private Ryan. But another guy that another, stretched a long yeah, ways. Yeah, a know? long way. 
it's funny. I mean, you get unfortunately you get guys that are forever stuck in a role because it's just they did it for so long or they did it so well. Hermione Granger, that girl, no matter what she does, it always seems like yeah, you know, yeah. Um, that's why I think a lot of these Disney kids like Hannah Montana and they go crazy because they're so locked into people thinking they're this thing. They're not, you know, that they end up going back to it. I Carly. Yeah. But I mean, they Hannah started Montana, a whole new series far from that. Oh yeah. I Carly. She went back as the adult this time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Kid. They just re, I guess redid the whole thing or a full house. Yep. You know, so. Yeah, it's, it's weird to think about when you think about it in that aspect. Now, John Stamos is, a, is an odd one because the woman fans of John Stamos remember him as his character on, I think it was General Hospital. And for us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, remember him for whatever be Jesse Kasopoulos. Yeah, Uncle Jesse. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, even, yeah, it's it's just it's how they stick in your head, you know? It's true. It is. It is weird. It's weird to think about stuff like that. Um, you playing any good games lately? Or are you still on that MLB uh, the show? Well, I'm, I'm on the quest to make to get a hunt not to get three hundred and thirty thousand ticket stubs. I guess is the currency in MLB because they just unlocked a number uh, ninety nine overall Ricky Henderson. Okay, so I'm trying to get Ricky. I'm just playing games, saving cards, selling cards in for points. Did you happen to see the the Once Upon a Time in Queens? Not yet. It's a four I watched par- all four parts Sunday morning, yesterday morning, from four thirty in the morning till like eight thirty in the morning. Okay. Now, if you call yourself, you're not a Mets fan. M- if McDonough. you call yourself a Mets fan, and you haven't watched this movie, you're not a Mets fan. Shame on you. They were built to be a dynasty, and the guy... It, you remember when in the last dance where they, Jerry Krause was kind of blowing up the Bulls? Yeah. That's kind of where they start at the end and go back to the beginning yep. and they come back? It's almost the exact same thing they did to the Mets. Now, was it Cashin or McElveen that, that wanted to blow Cashin, them up? Cashin, who did blow them up. Ray Knight wanted a two-year deal, who was the World Series MVP, MVP. and on the way... To go to the fucking ticker tape parade, they told him it's not going to happen. Yeah, He goes, I was crestfallen going to something I should be celebrating. Ten days after the World Series. He goes, I'm not worried about the money. I just want to finish my last two years here. That's not going to happen. He went to Baltimore. But the point being, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And they said the next year, they traded Mitchell Kevin Mitchell because he was black. They traded him. Really? Because they thought he was black and from the hood... Oh, and he, he was be, the one dragging down he would be Gooden a bad influence on Gooden that and Daryl. And and then Dykstra, who's got wet brain beyond all He's wet shot. brain, he goes, he goes just like this. Kevin Mitchell never did a fucking drug in his life. These guys are idiots. They traded away our best part. He goes, so we get Larry McReynolds instead. Or Kevin McReynolds. Or Kevin McReynolds. He goes, we get Kevin McReynolds and Hojo, and they weren't Ray. They weren't Ray Knight who threw punches and got in fights, and Kevin Mitchell who was a fucking mother. He was. They said when it came time, the chemistry was blown apart by 87. 88, they had another good year. But, again, blown apart. Like, the moves they were making, they said, and by 90, it was a full-on collapse. Well, yeah, because you look at that point, they trade. Let me see. They trade, well, Mitchell was the first big one to go. They he said he gets to his grandma's house, and there's to find all out news. To traded to San Diego. And he goes in, he's like, what's going on? And they're like, you've been traded to San Diego. And they're like, what? And the guy goes, yeah, I can't have that black guy from the hood out there in California ruining our players. Get rid of him. And they're like, no, you moron. He's not. He's not like that at all. And look at it. we've. And who was his best friend on the team? Ed Hearn. Ed Hearn, who had a big part, not a big part, but he had. They focused on Ed Hearn for a section of this yeah. show. Yeah, because Carter went down, and he and he fell right. in. Yep. Um, they had Gary Carter's widow on there, which was nice. Yep. And at the end, it's like, okay, so Hernandez and Carter both became injury-prone later on. You don't realize what a big influence Hernandez. Is Hernandez gay? No. You sure? Yeah. 
He does most of the interview for this thing with a cat. He's weird. <laughs> if you can see George right now, he's like, "Ain't that right?" He's creepily. Oh, it's so creepily fu- petting his. Microphone. It is so fucking weird. I'm like, "What is this guy doing, bro?" Uh, Hernandez, as an announcer with the Mets, has had more uh, funny shit. Like he fell asleep. Yeah. Uh, they came back early from this was this one was just like two years ago. They came back early from commercial. And the Mets had just fucking knocked the starter for the Nationals out of the game. And Hernandez, they just come right back from a break, and you hear Hernandez go, man, he got his tits lit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that team that – So – not be, and Listen, I'm not I'm not, not a Met fan. I, I follow the Mets, and yeah. I have an affinity for the Mets because of my dad and my grandpa. Uh, but I remember watching that team disintegrate. I remember – listen, By 80s, the time they got Benilla – it was a wrap. 87, the season opens 80, in 87 with Doc in fucking rehab. He didn't yeah. make his first start till May. He didn't make the ticker tape parade. It was probably high. He left He left the World Series, went to Long Island, got cocaine. Yep. And he goes, boy, people I didn't even know, I'm watching. He goes, and that's the worst thing. You can't go, there's not another parade. You can't get that back. Yep. He goes, and I'm watching it. He goes, I can't even explain to you how numbing it was to be watching it when I should have been there enjoying it, you know? Think about that. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it goes into a lot of that stuff, but I always love those documentaries because they always give you that small thing you didn't really know. A little nugget. That the little, little nugget, and it really was. Hernandez was the manager on the field. Yes, he was. He kept everybody in check, and him and Strawberry are telling a story about they talk about when they fought during team pictures? No, not really. By that time, it was a blow-up at the end and whatever. But this was in 86. Nolan Ryan, I think, is, has the Mets down, and they're losing one nothing. I think it was like game three or five. Dirtbag for Jack McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hernandez is on second base, and he, and he, he yells, and Strawberry goes, he yells to me, keep your shoulder in. Keep your front shoulder in. He goes, and I just remember, he yells to me, and he goes, I saw it. He goes, I saw him get up on the plate, and he stands on the plate, and I knew where they were going to pitch him. So I said, keep that front shoulder tucked. Daryl, keep that front shoulder tucked. He goes, and he he goes, and I, I kept it in, and he goes, I was thinking fastball in, and he hits a home run. But, you know, you that's something you never, you don't know. Yeah. Because, you know, the announcers, there's they're showing the pitcher, the announcers are talking, you're not really knowing that. Hernandez yelling across the diamond to him. Keep your front shoulder in. Was the big Hawaiian on it at all? Sid Fernandez? Yeah. yeah absolutely. I love yep. Sid. Sid dude, was my favorite. you know who probably got more pussy in that time frame than anybody? Ron Darling? Yes. Yeah, that dude was a good-looking guy. Yeah. Handsome dude. No shirt on. In good shape. Tall. He had that Hawaiian thing going yeah. to him. Yeah. Him. Yeah, he definitely did. Dykstra's a big part of it, and he... <laughs> For as wet brain Dykstra is, he cuts no slack to he anybody. He has those giant fucking state provided teeth now too. Yeah, he's like, you know, all fucked up. He's, he's wet brain to no end. Oh, he's bad. Yeah, he's, he's bad. real bad. I remember, uh, yeah, I was still married to Christina at the time, and her most of her family's from the city in Long Island. And talking to, I believe, it was her uncle who knew a guy who owned a bar in Long Island. And Dykstra was literally there at 10 o'clock every day drinking the little short Budweiser bottles from open to close. Yep. And Dykstra says still today he'll come back to New York and people in New York City still buy him a beer, a drink, whatever, like it's 35 years ago. It'll always be that way. That's how New York, like Scott Brocious probably doesn't buy a steak in New York ever. I'm sure. So that, that was... That was what Dykstra said. He said his wife comes to the game. He's like, he's a kid. And game three of the NLCS, he hits the home run to lead the game off. Yes. Or he hits the home run late to win it. To win, in he, extra wins, innings. he wins the game. Yeah. yeah. So he goes, we go to Peter Luger Steakhouse. We walk in and, you know, I'm 26 year old, 20 young, 25, 24 year old kid. Yep. He goes, and here's all these businessmen and all this stuff. He goes, and all of a sudden I come in with my wife and it's a standing ovation and the drinks just start coming. And he goes, we'd paid for nothing. Like there were, you couldn't, 
you couldn't touch your pocket. People were like, ah, no, 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 your money's no good here. And they said it was such an infectious thing around the Mets. Like they, uh, like the old lady said, give me my characters back. Give me back my, you know, my, um, my circus. Like yeah. they were, they were a cast of characters. Oh, and yeah. They had all this personality and all this charisma that you don't see on TV and kids did, anymore. Did they talk about the lady that sat behind home plate? No. Do you remember? No. All right, so she would sit behind home plate, and when the visiting pitcher was pitching, before every pitch, no, she'd go like this, and just to be a distraction behind home plate. She was there all season long. Really? She didn't take a hold of her. Yep. Really? Yep. We would sit there and watch her like, holy shit, this lady's got to be driving this guy batty. Or them guys probably just focused right out. Tune it out, but. Hernandez remind me of one of those people that had to be reassured all the time. Like his dad would tell him, he said it got so bad he would go down into the to Davies' office and get on the phone all the time, call his dad about his last at bat, whatever. Really? He said Davies like Keith, can you? I got pine tar all over my phone. That's how he figured out that he kept going back and yeah. using a phone. He goes, but it got so bad that once he got his satellite dish, it was nonstop, and they had a big blowing up over it. And he got up in one of the World Series games. And it was like a critical moment. And he's like, you pitched around him to get to me? You you walked Carter to get to me? Yeah. And he like took it personal. And he goes, as I was walking up to the plate, I caught my brother's eye. And my brother just kind of went like, you got him, you know? And he was like, I needed that because, you know, it's a high pressure situation. He goes, once my brother did that, I was like, yep, fuck this guy. Bing. He goes, and I got a like a. Gap, yeah, laser, op, laser, op, laser beam gap double. Yeah, to to left center. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like if you watch it, you'll be enthralled just because of what we do and how we like the stories and pulling yeah. stuff out of people. What's amazing it, to think of a guy like Hernandez that is was like that. You know, he was already at that point an NL MVP and a, like a ten time All Star and a World Series champion already yeah. with the Cardinals. That's right. Yeah. So that's 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 crazy, and they said Gary Carter would not touch Greenies for nothing. Oh, I believe it. They said he'd be he would ice his legs every day nonstop, and they said you look in the and this was funny. They go you look at the videos of the World Series. Look at our face. We're all tense and and you know locked in. He goes and then you look at Gary Carter's face and he's smiling. He goes you know why. Because that guy had life outside of baseball. We yeah. didn't. Our our life was baseball. You know? They said they, in the book that I had read, it was uh, The Bad Guys One is the name of the book. And they said that they fucking detested Carter for the reason being that, yeah, he was always smiling and always looking for the camera. Oh, they go into a whole thing on that. Yeah, they said that drove them absolutely nuts. Right, because they weren't, and they said, they're like, if you watch, you're like, man, these guys got it. They were on GQ magazine. They were doing all these big things. Yep. You couldn't get enough of them. And in 86, you really couldn't get enough of them. And they, you should, you will be surprised. Remember how Jack McDowell talked about as a uh, NHRA dragster goes by Christ. the house. Uh, talked about the balls being doctored up. Yeah. Well, Gooden said, I used to pitch against Mike Scott a lot. And Mike Scott sucked when he was in New York. He was terrible. He goes, and then they taught him a split finger. He goes, but he would always get the ball, and it always had a scuff in the same spot. Yeah. They took 26 baseballs out, and them guys still have them today. And MLB did nothing about it. Ed Hearn showed him the ball in this documentary. Yeah. He goes, I pulled it out, and I showed him, and they were like, Oh, the umpire says he's not doing it, and he says he's not doing it, so he's not doing it. They actually, in the book, it it, tell, it talks about it in the book, they actually sent a sample of the balls to the Major League Baseball office. Yep, and, and nothing, they refused. And nothing was they, done. they refused. They yep. were like, no. Yep. He's good. Bullshit. But listen, it adds to the story 30 years later. Yeah. Amazing documentary. Check it out if you can. 30 for 30, uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens. And if you remember any of that, you get rid of, you get rid of, um, Kevin, uh, I just said his name, Kevin Mitchell. Yeah. And he ends up being NL MVP. Sure does. There you go for Kevin McReynolds. Yeah. Who 
Not knocking came back. No, he played he played a he decent was a good player. Yeah. And but, Hojo led the majors in home runs one year. Yep. K-Mac was a good player. What he lacked was personality. Well, that's what they said. You didn't have the same guys that would be out there scrapping. Yeah. At one, did you know this? Their first base coach clothesline a fucking pitcher and started a brawl one Bill time. Bill Robinson, yep. yeah. <laughs> it was crazy to like yep. hear some of that stuff though. But that they had a great coaching staff. It, they had Bill Robinson at first and Buddy at third. Yeah. Who was a legendary scrapper. He, yeah. he had that fight with Pete Rose in the NLCS. Yeah. So it was it was awesome. And they said Davey was the best manager for that team because he managed personalities. Yes. And he goes, I know. And then when they when they destroyed the plane and they gave him the bill, you're fucking handling this. He ripped the bill up and he goes, I know it was your wife's guy. I ain't making you pay for it. <laughs> it made cash and take care of yeah. it. Yep. Yo, you won a World Series. Pay for it. Exactly. You know, so it was very, it was very well done, and that's how I, I spent a lot of my time. Yeah, I'm definitely got to check that out. Now I'm guessing it's on on demand. It's on ESPN, whatever. Okay, all four parts, cool. and it was amazing, dude. Uh, completely amazing. Good shit. Um, anything else? Nah, man. I think uh... we were all over the place. It wasn't really segmented. That's fine. It, it is fine. Definitely check out our. Uh, TikTok today of Winnie getting smacked oh, with Jesus a spoon. Christ. Yeah, that was bad. Bruise Traveler. How bad your bruise? It is there. <laughs> it is the top of my knee still it's fucking actually, tender. It's actually spreading. It's more like a hematoma now. <laughs> right here. You must have wore high socks your whole life because your legs are like smooth as a baby's ass, bro. Yeah, I, I there's just, not I a no hair, hair on them. No, nah, it's weird. Your old, old guy legs. It's from wearing work, fucking pants to work every day. All high socks and stuff. Yep. Yeah, uh, next week. Oh, we got some. Why don't, you tell the, why don't you tell our listeners and our fans what we got coming up here in the f- near future, interview-wise. Yep, we have um, two set up right now. Uh, we're going to be having... Author slash former. <laughs> I was w- like, uh, did he forget? <laughs> author slash uh, former WWE writer Brian Solomon come on to, to discuss his uh, new book that's coming out based on the Sheik, the, the original, original Sheik, Sheik, not the Iron Sheik. Ed Farat. He's the um, uncle of Sabu. Okay. And, ECW legend. Yeah, and train and help train Rob Van Dam as well. Um, so that. Talk about the book and his time as a writer, so maybe we'll have some some Vinceisms to to get some first hand knowledge on. And then our referee buddy. Dave Dwinell. Dave Dwinell's coming on. Uh that one's first. Dave Dwinell's first. He was a referee for professional wrestling referee for over thirty years. Um just we did a brief little five minute interview with him at the convention. And he is story upon story upon story, and he's actually going to be in house for that one. He's going to drive on down. He only lives up the road in Catskill. Uh, we're going to have him in house to do the interview with him, and um, I think we're going to get Wax back on at some point soon. Yeah, I, Wax is game whenever we want him. We just got to for us really is work schedule and getting yeah things situated. Yep. So we got yeah two good ones. I said uh, Dave's got a ton of stories. Uh, Told us a few, told, talked about Andre, talked about Vince and other guys in the back. And he refed all over the place. He was in refing uh, New England independence when yeah. Tommy Dreamer and Taz were just starting out. Yeah. And stuff like that. So he's going to be great. And again, Brian Solomon, his book. I'll wait till that interview. He told us some interesting stuff off mic about yeah. uh, how he's been putting that book together. And who has and who hasn't been involved, and it's pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, his time with time with WWE. Yeah, you don't you often get a chance to to talk to somebody who's been involved in writing storylines for. Yeah, the actual the actual promotions. Promotions. So. Um, and if any of our fans have any requests or friends or connections to oh, interviews, do, and I, we do. I I'm not going to put out names yet, but um. Through another friend. Um, oh, this is new to me, too. Okay. A conspiracy. <laughs> uh, a well-known mm-hmm. local. Not, I don't want to say local, but a well-known uh, individual who's big on conspiracy theories. Oh, that'll be a good It'll one. It'll be a very good show. That'll be a so. good one to bring out. Yep. Um, I'm still trying to get 
like a true crime guy on. Yep. Uh, it's hard. It's hard because a lot of people don't want, you know, like you need a pretty big case to figure it out too. And you need to be successful at the end of that case. And then that be able to talk about be it. Able, so, and that's a lot of, a lot of it is legalities yeah. of it all. Yeah. Can yep. you, can you talk about it? Can you talk it? about it? And if you can, great. And if you can't, doesn't you know, make, then it never make makes the air. Show. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll get some more interviews out there shortly. Um, we're about due for a Duke reboot. We are due for a Duke reboot. It's been a while. Uh, see how he's rolling this year. And it'll ease up for him in the next month because of weather. Yeah. And it gets his plant, and then he'll be off for the winter. So maybe we'll get Duke in here and try and get him fired up. Stop it up with the Duke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. The last two weeks we broke ranks a little bit and kind of just shot from the hip on stuff and talked. But it's fun. Definitely check out our TikTok today of when he getting smacked with a spoon. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Bruise Traveler is the name of the segment. Um, I'm, oh, I can put the song down in the background, like real, real quiet, like. <laughs> real, <laughs> well, you're going over top of real it. Real quiet, like. <laughs> uh, that's about it for us, man. All right. You got anything else? I'm good. All right, man. Take us home. All right. For GMAC and 24 Cross Media, Don't this fuck is it up. with the Outlaw Blitz podcast. And as always, take it deep.